Good afternoon. Greetings, Minecrafters. I am Dr. Kimberly Quinn, and today I'd like to invite you to a discussion on the sweetness of doing nothing, which in Italian is dolce far niente. I just love how that sounds. I actually love the Italian language. Anyway, it's very smooth and sing-songy. I feel like I've had a massage when I hear people speaking Italian. But anyway, the sweetness of doing nothing. You know, so, you know, just to begin, so we're all on the same page with what it means to relax. You know, obviously, this is super individualized because, uh, you know, what's relaxing for one is not relaxing for another. And as uh, one who's very out now with my ADHD, uh, I know I've had a whole lot of judgment, you know, from people like, why don't you just sit down? Why, you know, I don't want to. Thank you for asking. Sitting's a little overrated for me. I prefer to, to relax when running or skiing or walking outside with the goats or whatever. It does, it, you know, because we are different creatures that way. And, you know, relaxing for one, again, is not necessarily relaxing for the other. I do love to read, though, so I make it a point to do that. But sitting for extended periods of time is just not me. And for some it is, and that's great. Or, you know, laying in a hammock, beautiful, in this beautiful summer weather. Um, but we're going to talk about, you know, what it means to relax and then what gets in the way, you know, what, what it means to true, truly relax, and what gets in the way? We have we have barriers to relaxing, and so um, first of all, so that we're all on the same page. You really know that you have relaxed by how you feel, and so being in a vegetative state is not relaxing. That's just you know that means that somebody's been operating in overdrive for a really long time. And they're now on autopilot because their mind just says, hey, you know, trying to give you a sign here. I'm done. And so we just zone out to TV. We just zone out to partners. We just zone out, period. That is often confused with with relaxing. And it's really an illusion. You know, we're sitting in front of the TV for hours at a time. And we're not talking about watching a movie. It's all about the intention. To, to plan to watch a movie with a partner or friend or sibling or by yourself or whoever, it's about the intention of, oh, you know, what am I feeling like tonight? Do I feel like comedy? Do I feel like a drama? Do I feel like I'm more in comfy mode and I'd like to watch a couple of Friends episodes, reruns? You know, it, 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 it's about the intention versus just sort of being so incredibly fried that we – you know, we just go in like a Netflix bender, you know, or just one after the other. And Netflix is on to that, you know, as, as probably many of you know, you know, there's an episode, then right away they're giving the hint about the next one when you're not even done yet. And then before you know it, you know, I've had students even say this to me. They started that in the morning and then oh, it's dark, you know, all of a sudden like the night sets in and there went 10 hours, you know, and that's not relaxing. That's not living deliberately. That's not what, you know, being a Minecrafter is about. We're also not into judging ourselves because when we realize that something isn't maybe in our best interest is no longer working for us, that's a positive thing. And, you know, binging on anything is, is really, you know, it's just not, it's not going to work for us long, long term. Let's just say that. And so as, as many of you know, if you've, if you've been listening, I had the good fortune of visiting our daughter in Madrid, uh, Spain. We also tooled down to Barcelona and it's like the amazing race, actually. I was only there for seven or eight days and we went up to Paris and Nice and it was great. And so I, I've done a couple of YouTubes and I, I think I did a podcast just uh, this week on, you know, just, it was just such an experience over there. And again, my disclaimers, I love the United States of America. It's my country. 
I bleed red, white, and blue. And, uh, and that said, we all culturally, I think, can, we all have something to, to share with each other and offer each other, you know, maybe, you know, just like we do with individuals, somebody might be better at this and we're better at something else or they have a skill that we don't have, you know, that kind of thing. And, you know, there's definitely a, a, a very evident life balance going on over there. And obviously it's a very different culture, economically, politically, all that kind of stuff. I'm not going to get deep about all that. I'm just saying that I, it, it was just, it was very, very, uh, noticeable and i wasn't just in tourist tourist places as i mentioned last time because obviously people on vacation it's gonna have a whole different vibe and it's not necessarily you know reality right because that's true most places when people are on vacation but i was in places that weren't touristy people are moving and grooving and working and doing things and it's there's still such a a life balance thing over there and uh and i came back you know, really wanting to make some changes. And I'm aware of life balance. Like, you know, this is my thing, you know, is Minecrafting. And and still, it's so easy to get sucked back in. You know, it's so easy when the pressure's on and there are deadlines and there, you know, and, and maybe there's fear, especially with the Rona recently. You know, they're, they're you know, they're, this past year and a half, you know, worried about losing jobs and all this stuff. And when we're operating from a place of fear, it's going to be very difficult to truly relax because fear keeps us stuck for the most part it can be motivating that's true like you know we're on a on a tour over in uh kenya we're about to be chased and we're being we're being chased by a lioness on a hunt it's probably going to motivate us to run in general though uh it keeps us stuck because and that's just because of the um survival brain versus learning brain when we're in survival mode that takes precedence you know, for basic Darwinian reasons, right? We need to survive first. We, the learning brain takes a quick back seat. So we're unable to learn new things, engage in new things. And it also has to do with, you know, practicing good self-care and, and relaxing. When we're in that f- stuck in fear, we're, we're just sort of, um, you know, mentally mentally kind of paralyzed in a sense. You know, we're taking it in, but we're really not able to do much. Um Okay, so then, so then, it was interesting because I was with my daughter over there, and and we both were fans of Under the Tuscan Sun and Eat, Pray, Love too, and and she was, and I said, Shani, remember that, you know, that that scene in Eat, Pray, Love, and she said, Yeah, the one with Lucas Spaghetti, and I said, Yes, exactly, that is the one. And if you haven't seen Eat, Pray, Love with Julia Roberts, and I forget the rest of the actors, but um, it, 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 that this particular scene is amazing, and I also speak some Italian. I, like I said, I love the language, and I love this scene because. Julia Roberts goes in there and Lucas Spaghetti, it's in a barber shop, and Lucas Spaghetti is getting his hair cut. He doesn't offer his name right away. So, of course, there's a chuckle when he offers his name. And uh, her friend that's with him starts talking about how you Americans just don't know, just don't know how to relax. You just don't know how to relax. And Lucas Spaghetti, with his wonderful Italian accent, says, you Americans, you, you feel guilty. He said, you, build, you feel guilty because you're American. You don't know how to relax. He says, you Americans know entertainment, but you don't know pleasure. And then he says, with a little bit of attitude, he's like, you, you know, you want to know what your problem is? He said, you Americans, you work too hard. You work too hard. He said, then you get burned out. And you kind of watch Julia Roberts' 
face because she's she's kind of she's listening she she's ready to give him a little attitude it looks like and then she's like you know what she's kind of listening taking it in like mm. and then he says then you come home and spend the whole weekend in your pajamas in front of the tv lucas spaghetti says this and he pray love i'm just saying you spend well, how many of us do that we come home because we've got nothing left we're out of juice we're just out of juice and everything in us says I'm done now. I'm fried. I don't have two neurons to rub together to make a spark. And we, we, we quickly grab the pajamas, maybe even, even out of the dirty laundry because we don't care that much. And we grab our, our probably our same spot on the couch that we're there most nights. And we zone out to just what we're talking about, movies without intention for hours and hours and hours. So then he, you know, after Lucas Spaghetti says this, Julia Roberts kind of pipes in with, with a smirk on. Um, she says, you know, this is not so far off. She's saying to her, to her friend. And he says, but you don't, he says, he says again, but you don't know pleasure. You, you, you've been, you've been told that you have to earn it. I love this. Lucas Spaghetti is spot on. And I, we're told by the media, definitely. And I think, you know, what a fabulous 56 now, and I'm aware of this, you know, so it's like once the light goes on and you're still, you know, occasionally falling into in, into it. That means that this message is really strong in our society. Really, really strong. You you you're told that you have to earn it, and it's just like it's in the air. I, I don't. Sometimes people may blatantly say that they may jo make jokes about it, but even um, just out there in the media, there are things that say that. And then he goes on to say, Lucas Spaghetti does that. You see a commercial. He says that says it's. It's Miller time. So you race out the door and you buy a six pack and then you drink the whole thing at once. Also not far off. And then you wake up feeling terrible, feeling terrible. And I, I think I know myself, I can relate. I'm not a beer drinker, more into red wine, but I mean, I can, I can relate to this. I know when you come home from like a 14 hour day, even if it was a like, even if nothing bad happened, it, it was just Maybe even it was a really good 14-hour day. It's still a 14-hour day. And many of us, um, myself included, because I and you've heard me go on and on about how much I love teaching at Champlain College. I can't say enough. I also have a long commute. And so, and it's a beautiful commute. I'm looking at mountains. So I really have, I have nothing, nothing to complain about. And then again, I can relate because, again, a 14-hour day is a 14-hour day. And in you go, pop the cork off pour a nice tall glass of red wine and, and sit down. Right. Or often I go out on the deck actually when it's beautiful like it is, but I mean, I get it. And then there's the other one. I think most of us, I can actually hear the jingle from being a kid. I'm not going to sing because probably the computer would start spewing sparks and smoking and stuff. So we're not going to do that. But I remember McDonald's jingle. You deserve a break today, right? At McDonald's. And that's all I'm going to give you for singing. But, you know, and that's even in my head from being like, you know, eight years old. You deserve a break today. And I'll, the, the word deserve is just a little complicated for me because I, I, I don't know. I'm just not such a huge fan of that. But I also don't like the message, you know, is are the, are the corporate powers that be who obviously are saying this strictly for marketing purposes and cash and bringing in, bringing in revenue to the double arches. Um, even in a genuine sense, you deserve a break today. You know, if that's not coming from your mother, you know, or your partner, I don't know. It just doesn't, it, you know, it's all a marketing, you know, 
uh, scheme, obviously. So I don't know. It's just uh, it, it, it leaves like a like a I don't know. It, it leaves like a little like a little aura in me or something. And then Lucas Spaghetti goes on. He, he goes on. He says an Italian does not need to be told. He walks. He he walks by a sign that says, "You deserve a break today." And the Italian says, "Yeah, I know. That's why I'm planning to take a break at noon." To go over to your house and sleep with your wife. And I'm thinking, that's a little fresh. Okay, it's a little fresh. But he's funny. And I remember so much, you know, and then when Shani, our daughter, brought it up over in, uh, I think it was actually in Nice. Because that's where I wanted to do this. Um, it, I said, oh, my gosh, wow. I had such a clear picture of it. And I just watched it again a couple of times to make sure I didn't miss anything or, or, or you know, uh, you know, paraphrase inaccurately or anything. You know, and so then the crew in the barber shop, Lucas Spaghetti, Julia Roberts, and her her uh, little blonde friend there, and the other man, they they really get into talking about dolce far niente. You know, the the Italian expression of the sweetness of doing nothing, and um, it's it's it seems a little bizarre to me that we actually have to learn how to do that. You know, we really have to learn how to do that because, you know, you as humans, we're, we're creatures of habit, obviously. And you know we're very we've been become very conditioned to just keep going until we've got some kind of the heavens part and and we and we feel like we're really allowed to relax and a lot of the time we're again we're under the illusion that we're relaxing whether it's binge watching Netflix or you know we're semi relaxing but we're going back to the laptop every two seconds to check on what's happening at work or things like that and um, when we're really when our brain isn't really t- totally off and so we're kind of fooling ourselves into thinking we're relaxing and so so the next thing is really to talk about what keeps us from what keeps us from truly relaxing and doing nothing from dolce far niente what keeps us from the sweetness of nothing and so it's part of society at least here in the states there's a lot of you know uh get it done get it done get it done and in fairness two americans are really good at getting it done it is also a strength I, i think really what we're talking about is just is just working this in more working it in more into our lifestyles so we can still you know use our strength of get it done get it done and just work in some some you know sweetness of doing nothing some relaxation because we'll be better off for it physically mentally we'll be better for ourselves and we're better for ourselves we're better for partners we're better for siblings we're better for uh you know maybe uh you know aging parents we're better you know caregiving we are better more productive at, at, at whatever our job is our career is our calling is we're just better off period and we're happier this is not a dress rehearsal as far as anybody knows this is the big game and you know the sweetness of doing nothing means to to truly be mindful really be in be in the moment and said and another reason i think some of us have actually seen this sadly sadly i would say a fair amount of time um so people who are emotional runners and they don't even typically they don't even know they're emotional runners and so their gerbils on crack flying around being productive checking boxes on to-do lists often smiling smiling underneath it they're not really happy they might even be content but content and happy aren't the same thing to be just simply satisfied yet somewhat stagnant you know nothing new happening no desire for something new happening 
Um, they're often in that place because nothing's really bad. They might be even making a lot of money, but there's no spark. You know, there's no spark, which to me is a fate worse than death. But there's no spark, and there's just no no newness. And a lot of this, and they're flying around again like gerbils on crack, checking off boxes. Box checkers, emotional runners are definitely box checkers because underneath all that, there could be a variety of reasons. Is they don't want to feel, and it could actually be a huge fear of theirs. They don't want to. They don't. That was my water bottle. Sorry. They don't. They don't want to feel. So if they stop for too long, really stop. Not like they're in a beach chair, checking their text messages, but actually really stop where their brain is is just completely on pause.、Um, then they're often they're afraid to feel, afraid to think, and afraid to get real, quite honestly, and to have that conversation with themselves. And、uh, I, th- I believe we talked about that last time because you know we prioritize. Other people in our life, which is good, the people we we care about most, and you know, if they were having a hard time with something, or weren't happy, or maybe if a partner noticed another partner was kind of stagnant in the job and no spark, whatever, hopefully we would have a conversation and say, you know, what's going on? Are you, you know, are you happy? You don't seem happy. Tell me, maybe you are, and you do. I don't know. Are you happy? And that, and and actively listen and let them answer. And if not, what's wrong? Or if they're not, if there is no spark, why is there no spark? How long has it been since you haven't felt a spark and been excited about something? How long has it been? And really have that that void of you know have that silence, have that which can feel awkward to some, but not if you're in a genuine place. And wait for them to respond. And hopefully we're doing that with the people closest to us. For some reason we have a hard time doing that with ourselves. And it doesn't mean going out going out on a walk with not being mindful with jabber jabber jabber. Um, you know, and having you know all the doors and windows open in our head, just entertaining mindless monkey chatter. That that's not what it means. To truly have a conversation with ourselves alone, phone not just off but not near us, so it's not tempting.、Um, hopefully, quiet and 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 act and wait for ourselves to answer. Are you you know, do you have that spark? Are you excited about life? Are you excited about new things? Are you excited about? Your relationships and your and your job. I mean, a job is like a good mattress, right? We, I mean, we spend you know eight hours a day, let's say, for sleeping seven days a week. Think about it, that's a lot of time. And with a job, career, calling, it, that's also true. It's even more often, right? So it's really important to have that spark in relationships too. It doesn't mean to end them. It means you might need to change, stir the soup a little bit, make some changes to bring some excitement in that sort of thing. So it's important to explore this. Sometimes, what keeps us from the sweetness of doing nothing and stopping is, which also can feed into the first one, is that underneath it all, if we're not feeling our own true value, it's going to be really tough to respond to that need to relax. Because underneath it all, if we don't think we deserve it, outwardly, probably very subconsciously, we are creating a scheduled day to make sure. You know, to insulate ourselves against any potential, you know, inner quiet where that might, where where that that feeling of unworthiness might might you know sneak up and bite us because it's excruciating. So, underneath it all, that person again is not feeling their true value. Mystery solved right there. It's going to be really tough to sit out in the yard with a glass of cold lemonade. Without stimulation of some sort to take the mind out of, 
you know, potential pain. That's going to be really tough. So there used to be some inner work done to, you know, kind of, kind of invite that authentic self right back into the driver's seat. Um, and of course that, that comes from, you know, the toxics in our, in our lives, the toxics. And I'm going to definitely do an, another one on them. Cause that's just actually, it's going to be probably or more than one. Cause it's, it's a conversation. that's not quick. Um, when we're still having those messages as adult people and, and, uh, and, and, uh, it's just good to, to, once you become aware of it, right. Cause we cannot do what we don't know. I've said that a lot because, uh, it's just true. And my friend, Dr. Dave, he's the, his quote is we can't do what we don't know. However, once we become aware, we become responsible. So that's obviously true for other people in the world. And it's also true for ourselves. You know, um, once we become aware of, wow, you know, maybe there's, maybe this is the reason I listen to that podcast and I didn't even think about it before, but I, I just don't want to sit. I don't want to even go for a run or move. I don't want to relax in a way that's truly rejuvenating where I feel like, Ooh, I relaxed. I, I feel cleansed. I feel good. Maybe, maybe this is, maybe there's some depth to this. You know, maybe I really need to look into a little archeological dig and have this conversation with myself. It also doesn't even have, it can be anywhere along the spectrum of extreme to less extreme. The middle being maybe nothing's enormously outwardly wrong, financially stable, all that stuff, but there's, but the no spark thing that's important. That's important because our life minutes, there's nothing more valuable than our life minutes and spending them in some safe place. That's a choice for me. That wouldn't work, but you know, it, it's worth, it's worthy of a conversation with yourself. And if it's because there's some sort of, um, uh, you know, uh, a feeling of, of unworthiness or, uh, where that a need to sort of get that feeling of original, original worthiness back. And we all have it. The authentic self is right there waiting to be invited, politely waiting to be invited back into the driver's seat. That might take some work because the thing is the toxics in our lives from our childhood and maybe right up through, maybe they're still around, which is a whole nother conversation, you know, but it was enough, whatever they did to you the first time, right? We don't need to relive it and have it still throwing wrenches in our adult life. Absolutely not. They're not, they're not worthy of that. Um, so that's gonna be a, to- you know, a conversation for another time, but this, uh, Minecrafters was a lovely conversation on Dolce Farniente, the sweetness of doing nothing. This is Kimberly Quinn signing off from Northern Vermont. Have a mindful day.